peptides work a lot differently because they are enhancing how the body is already working. Peptides the body makes, and they are amino acid sequences. Uh, Generally, they're about 20 to 100 sequences of amino acids in a specific pattern based on how our body makes them. Hi, I'm Zoe. Hi, I'm Erica. Hey, Erica. This is our podcast. Well, what do we do on the podcast? Uh, we talk to wellness experts. Well, what do we talk about? Mm, wellness stuff. And why are we doing this? Because we want to have an inclusive conversation about things that you can actually use and apply to your life. Right. We don't think that wellness should feel preachy. We think it should feel like everybody can participate. That's right. So if you like what you hear, tell a friend. Give us five stars. They're all free. All of the above. All of the above. And think of us as your navigators on the bumpy highway to well. We're here in our satellite recording location. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Morrison's beautiful Morrison Center on Park Avenue South. I encourage everybody to develop some symptoms that require checking in order to come here. Or just come in for on. some tea if you don't have or symptoms. Or just come for some tea and some IV vitamin drips. So what are, actually, can, can you tell us a little bit about what are some of the things that you can have done here? We could do blood draws. We can listen to your heart and lungs. So, but the treatments we do that we think are great. I mean, I told you about the Reiki and the biomagnetism, which are really good for energetic treatments. Uh, we have something called New Calm, which is basically actually uh, Dr. Willex turned me on. I was to New Calm. say, I feel like this sounds familiar. Yeah, he t- I wrote that down. Yeah, he's he was the one that introduced me to it, which is basically a way to get the nervous system out of fight or flight. It, it's a headset with an, uh, basically a frequency to the vagus nerve, which helps to turn the autonomic nervous system into the rest and relax state. So it basically is like putting a person into like a meditative state. And it's with this like apparatus? It's, it's a headset that plays... Uh, like resonant tuning? Yep. It's like a frequency. Yeah. It's a frequency. And so, so a person feels really rested and rejuvenated after they do like their 20 or 40 minute session. Uh-huh. And how long do the effects last? Uh, it depends. You know, obviously you're walking from here right out to Park Avenue. Right, so. that's over. <laughs> but it, it's, the goal is to create a consistency. So when a person's doing it on a consistent basis, then the benefits build up and then a person's able to maintain it much longer. It's like kind of like transporting you onto like the, uh, the beach. Yeah, yeah. And then you get that benefit. And it's really easy. It's not, in, it's, you know, it's relaxing. And then, of course, we do IV treatments here, which are like like a lot of the typical IV treatments, but also some not so typical things. So, of course, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, uh, antioxidant IVs. Uh, we do oxidant IVs, like things that help the immune system to fight off infections better. Hmm. Uh, we sometimes do antibiotics because we do see people for chronic Lyme disease. Uh, NAD IVs, which are the ones that basically help to reboot the neurotransmitters in the brain. And it upregulates mitochondrial function, nutritionists, activated oxygen breathing treatments, which is basically for infections or mitochondrial function also. You could really nope. just come here and play all day. It, you need to I mean, like uh, Yeah, I feel good just being in the <laughs> like all day healthier past. already. Yeah. It does feel very relaxing. Thank you. That's that, highlight. That's the goal. So we're here today to talk about peptides because you have expressed that you feel like there's I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, in my own 
just observational opinion. I think that there that word gets thrown around a lot and mm-hmm. it's like a buzzword and lots of people sell things that say peptides, but nobody really knows what it means. That's what we're going to learn about today. I, I mean, I really think that it's very important for us and everybody to start understanding what peptides are because in my opinion, this is really the future of medicine in a couple of different ways. Wow. So, I, and I do not Thanks. say this lightly. I swear to you, it is really changing the face of how medicine's practiced <laughs> in, in deep ways. So ordinarily in medicine, the way that we've practiced is we're using prescription medicines to mostly interfere with some body process like anti, like cholesterol lowering medicines blocks the ability of the body to make cholesterol. Blood pressure lowering medicines block how the body's blood pressure is being affected by stresses. Uh, diabetes medicines are basically blocking how the body's absorbing sugar or trying to stimulate the body to make more insulin. And they all have potentials for pretty significant side effects because they are interfering with body processes. Peptides work a lot differently because they are enhancing how the body is already working. Peptides the body makes, and they are amino acid sequences. Uh, Generally, they're about 20 to 100 sequences of amino acids in a specific pattern based on how our body makes them. And they signal the body to do something. So when people are saying peptides, the question is, which one? Because there's so many different peptides. And almost all the peptides that are being used in humans is, are derived from basically benchwork science that have discovered the peptides that our body's already making. In, uh, I guess a lot of them have come from uh, stem cell research because stem cells are full of peptides that are growth factors that stimulate the body's ability to heal and regenerate and replicate. And, and uh, so there's been a lot of understanding through that. So we're, we're going to go through a, a, some, a few of the peptides that are, we're finding to be really effective in our practice for helping to enhance regeneration, inflammation, uh, de- improving skin rejuvenation, and even like things for helping with libido too. So, okay. So this is all Favorite. very interesting and I want to dive in, but I guess my question, which I'll ask now, and maybe it gets answered after you run through the list, but what you just described sounds like it's on such a micro level. And obviously most of what we talk about in terms of things to supplement or systems in the body or uh, you know, chemical reactions in the body, everything is on a very micro level. But like, how would the average person arrive at like, oh, I need to like boost my peptide intake or production as opposed to something that's a little bit more macro like you know, for example, well, I know I've got a lot of inflammation, so I'm going to take like curcumin or, I, I, I mean, it, it just, it sounds like it's such a much more kind of nuanced, uh, tiny, microscopic. I think you've been doing your research. I haven't. This is, I'm I completely totally impressed with that question <laughs> because it is so true. So in, in our practice, which we do like integrative functional medicine, we're almost always have looked at things as like on a macronutrient level, like of course, starting with diet, like protein, fats, and carbohydrates and making sure that's in the right balance and it's anti-inflammatory. And then we, of course, recommend exercise and then certain supplements, which are basically working to try to get the body to do something better, like replacing nutrient deficiencies or using something like curcumin or nutrients for decreasing inflammation based on it can try to boost the body on a either 
a chemical level, like affecting uh, inflammatory chemicals or cytokines, or uh, naturally replicating what prescription medications do. And that is actually on a more large scale. Peptides are totally on an extremely minute level because it's it's almost like uh, it is molecular biology at its truest form. Basically, what it's doing is signaling the cells of the body to turn off or turn on different switches that tell the cells to do things. So it can make cells make connective tissue better for healing and rejuvenation. It can regulate how the immune system is either up or down regulated for infections. It can improve how the immune system is fighting off cancer or or viruses or bacteria. And then it can speed up healing and recovery based on the signal to the cell to then start doing something that we think it should be doing. And of course, it's not you know, that's got to be at the right dose and it's got to be at the right time. It's, I, right now, it's too early for people to start going onto the internet and start ordering peptides for themselves because there's definitely, they can be used inappropriately. And if they're used too high of doses, it can burn out hormone levels. It can definitely cause side effects. But at the right dose for the right condition, it can be really the magic that people with chronic autoimmune conditions have never found before or chronic inflammatory conditions, or even cancer, totally even cancer. And that's actually the way that uh, a lot of cancer treatments are going is for immune modulation. And uh, peptides have run and have, in fact, that's where the greatest uh, research is being focused right now is the peptides for cancer treatments. And there are some that we're using in our practice that we've seen actually helpful in cancer, but they're used in Europe right now mostly for that purpose. So when can we start using it here and where do I start? How do I sign up? And how do you know which one to focus on well, first? Right. How do you know which one to focus how on? How many different types of peptides Well, there's are there? so many. Do you many. want to start, start there? So there's like 7,000 peptides that are known in the human body. There's like 1,000, 700 to 1,000 that are actively being researched right now. The ones that we're using in our practice are basically a couple handfuls. So maybe we're using between 10, maybe 10 different peptides are like our most favorite peptides. So I'm just, I figured we just talk about five peptides to just give like an idea about what the possibilities are. And then when people, it's, it's such specific individualization, it really has to be a conversation with a healthcare practitioner, in my opinion, to help a person to figure out how to use it. So for example, one of the most popular peptides and certainly the most safe safe peptides is a peptide called BPC-157, which stands for body protection compound. It's very, I know it's it's a very interesting name. It's <laughs> well, a, we just hear <laughs> blueprint cleanse when someone says BPC. So. Holy Toledo. <laughs> yep. I was like, let's talk about the blueprint cleanse peptide. Yeah, it's uh, ironic. I think not. So BPC- uh, was originally derived, it was discovered in gastric juice. It, our body makes it. They found that taking oral BPC-157 helps to repair reflux. It's like everybody's taking antacids to block the production of acid in the stomach for symptomatic relief. 
This is a medicine that actually heals the gastric lining and prevents the reflux from even happening. Is this music to your ears, reflux girl? It is. So I had like a bit of reflux after, I mean, literally like after my second pregnancy. And I feel like it was like, I've been, I could live on spicy food. I've never had any kind of issue, not even while I was pregnant. But after my second pregnancy, I was like, something anatomically has like shifted. Like it's weird. It's actually subsided a bit. I take a lot of, I take a lot of glutamine. Great. That's Which is super. kind of what you're talking... I mean, Love it's sort it. of in the same ballpark, well, right? Well, glutamine is nice because it actually is food for the digestive tract. It right. helps your digestive tract to heal itself. Yeah. That is an amino acid. Yes. And it's great. Yeah. But not a peptide. But, but not a... It, it's... Right? Because it's just one amino acid. It's confusing. Okay. Peptides are 20 Jeez. amino okay. acids put together. Like right. insulin is a peptide. Growth hormones are peptide. Thyroid hormones are peptide. Those are amino acid sequences. And this is just a different type of peptide, which is specifically for signaling the digestive tract to heal itself. Okay, so basically what this episode is about is that I need to take BPC <laughs> peptide. You just need some BPC for your juice. Is, but, but like, could that but, potentially... No, it's a great example because it's well, obviously right. very so applicable to... question. So um, knowing what she already knows and what she's already been doing and taking glutamine, does the peptide work better when it's in concert with glutamine? Do you do one or the other? Like not knowing and we're just stumbling into this conversation. Is Zoe going to benefit? You've like, already cured me. Dramatically from adding it? Well, I would first say if this started after pregnancy, at least you should go and try to get visceral manipulation to make sure. Okay. If you did <laughs> go that. Go I'll tell you about okay. something else. So at least, good. I just want to make sure that you didn't need to get like a uh, hiatal hernia adjustment or something. That's like been that. ruled out. Okay, perfect. Pulmonary embolism. Nope, don't have that. I mean, literally, I feel, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. So the peptide peptides work best as it, when it's used with some process that triggers or is looking to get a, a stimulation for healing. So it has to go with a process for the healing to occur. It doesn't just take, if you take it, it's not going to do anything unless there's a reason for it to work. So if a person has reflux and there's, you're trying to do all the right things, like your diet's good, you're having, you know, three meals a day and you're still not feeling better, using BPC will then help your body to heal itself better because it's signaling the connective tissue to basically heal up whatever has not healed after your procedure. Of course, we always want to make sure that there's no other reason for the symptoms, like H. pylori or a hiatal hernia or something that should be fixed, it's not going to fix H. pylori. It's not going to resolve a hiatal hernia, but it will make the stomach lining heal itself and it, then it helps it to go back to the way it's supposed to. So I never had reflux, but I did have an ulcer that exploded, as we know, that whole horrible story. And in my stomach healing protocol, this was never even... Never even on the radar. Well, it's literally, this is just fresh off the, 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 the newswire. This has only really been in doctor's hands for maybe the last two or three years. And it's going to take another five or 10 before conventional doctors right. are going to even be doing mm -hmm. anything about it. Okay. They got to pass on that one. Yeah. So statute of limitations <laughs> on my ulcer. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. This is... So the, okay. Tip. So BPC. So, so BPC is used both orally and... But most... Most peptides are actually used as a subcutaneous injection because they ordinarily will get degraded into amino acids when you're taking it orally. So in order to 
make sure that it gets into your system, most of them have to be actually given as an injection. BPC is different because it actually is resistant to acid degradation. So it will survive gastric juice. So that's where when it's used orally, it helps with reflux. It helps with healing and inflammatory bowel disease and irritable bowel syndrome. And then when it's used as an injection, it's even better for healing the digestive tract and if there's any type of injuries. So this is where it works really good for connective tissue healing. Ah, I wonder if something was just injured during that pregnancy. Exactly. That's what, that's, what, that's what I think. It was like a light switch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thank God for women because giving birth is not easy. I mean, I, I think I've heard from my wife. That giving birth is not easy. <laughs> no. no it She's the only one you've heard it from? Um, yeah. Okay. So let's move on because I feel like another example will help to guide the like battery of questions that I have in my head right now. Okay. So, so the other type of situation that we're using a lot of of a peptide is basically for people that are either having recurrent infections or having autoimmune conditions. And this is a peptide that's good for immune regulation. So it's good. It's so it's a peptide called thymosin alpha one. It's as it sounds like it's part of the thymus group of peptides. It's the thymus is the gland in our body that makes T cells. It's, it kind of gets shrunk up as we get older. And for that reason, that can have an impact on our immune production. So thymosin alpha-1 is actually a prescription medicine in, in Europe, and it goes under the brand name Zadaxin. And it's used in Europe for cancer treatment because it upregulates the immune system to be able to fight off cancer. But it ha- and it's also used in Europe for hepatitis C and hepatitis B. So in the United States, it's not yet a FDA-approved drug. It's being used just as a peptide. But so in that case, I mean, if it were approved or even if it's not approved, is that something that would be effective in like HIV and AIDS? Well, it's, I'm not sure that it has effect in HIV and AIDS like retrovirus uh, treatments work. But what we do find that it is good for is uh, herpes simplex virus or other viruses like colds. I'm not, I haven't gotten a lot of experience with flus yet to see if it makes, speeds up that healing. But if a person has like a cold that they feel is coming on, like doing a the TA one shot seems to really and that's another speed one that's sub, subcutaneous subcutaneous okay. or or sometimes even intravenously like if a person's getting a vitamin C IV and then they get like a little bit of TA one then it helps with boosting the immune system to fight off viruses even bacteria hmm. how long does that IV treatment last by the way well the the TA one part is very quick because it's a push but the I the vitamin C part is about like 45 minutes. You mean the, the, the drip experience? Fa- oh, the actual experience. The actual getting, experience. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, needles in me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably never going to happen, but just curious. <laughs> but TA1 can be given as intramuscular too. That sounds even worse. Which is like a B12 shot. I don't like that. Okay, okay. let's move on. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I stab myself every day with the needle while pregnant. Subcutaneous. Okay, two Blood things thinner. that will never happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I think it's not as bad as it seems. Oh, I know. Okay. Oh, again. Um, so again, this the the questions around. Well, okay, let's continue because I I, I want to understand like the full spectrum of what these of the peptide. We're gonna tick off the big names first. Yeah, and then we're gonna come back. We all the the other one, another one that is people like as they get older. We've heard that 
at a certain age, our body stops producing growth hormone at the levels to the, to the levels that we probably were making when we were in our twenties and thirties. I'm saying us, me, really, I'm talking about me because I'm the oldest one in the group here. By like an hour, I think. I've got the big one to... coming up soon. Oh. I'm not going to reveal on... Are you turning 30? 30? <laughs> <laughs> Forever 30. <laughs> so the, there is a peptide that's for reju- regeneration. Mm-hmm. And it's, it helps the body to make growth hormone better on its own. So this is like becoming favorite for people that are over 50, certainly over 65, because it helps with improving skin elasticity, bone strength, mental function, deeper sleep, and libido too. Mm-hmm. It helps we're talking lib- about HGH, right? Just like we're the- talking about growth, growth hormone releasing hormones. Got it. So rather than take the old fashioned way, was people used to use growth hormone as a, an injection, and the FDA didn't like it for for off label use. This peptide helps the body to make growth hormone better on its own. So, so rather than using growth hormone, help the body to work better. And it works. It is given as an injection. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. <laughs> he looks at me sympathetically. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that it's not like taking caffeine. It's not like a stimulant, but people start sleeping deeper. They wake yeah. up with more energy. Their skin- Why wouldn't everyone just take it? Shouldn't Probably, everyone just take that? Maybe not everybody needs it, but for people that are having difficulty recovering from surgeries, this can help them speed right. up that healing process. For people that are like totally depleted, like after having battled like chronic Lyme disease or having like many traumatic brain injuries as an athlete, or people that are unfortunately like all of us working in New York City that are just getting burned out from like the life process at a certain age. Sometimes this type of boost really helps the body to heal itself mm-hmm. and rejuvenate. And then it's, we're able to work better, at least back to the way that we used to be able to, to some degree. And then is that something that you need to maintain or is it like a one and done? Can I get a hit of that before I leave here today? Yeah, it's, def- <laughs> it's not a one and done. And not everybody needs to main- keep on doing it. So the younger people, sometimes they'll go on it for like three months and then they don't need it f- again until they hit their next milestone in their birthday. But after a certain age, people start liking to use it because if it helps them to feel less achy, less, it's like, it's not easy for you guys to understand this because you just are too early for this. Are you kidding me? Go on. I love that you think we're spring chicken (laughs) now. But it is very good for helping with a rejuvenation process. And of course, it doesn't work by itself. A person needs to exercise for this to work or and to be on an anti-inflammatory diet. It can't overcome a person's bad habits. But if a person starts following good habits, healthy eating, exercising consistently, consistently making sure that all the nutrients are in the right levels, if all of those things are in line and they're still not feeling better, this is really like a game changer. It's like a top off. It's like the icing on the cake. But that also creates a level of like (laughs) frustration because you feel like, you know, there are plenty of people out there. Well, first of all, people listening to this that don't necessarily have access to, you know, a specialist such as yourself or a functional medicine practice, wherever it is that they live. And it's like we we constantly are, are preaching the gospel of just common sense wellness, like movement every day and a clean diet or even go as far as like an anti inflammatory diet. So 
I mean, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to say. Like you're doing everything right, and then have somebody say, "Yes, I'm doing everything right, and I still don't feel good." Like, uh, and I know you're saying that this is just a boost and and it can help, but I mean, uh, well, it would be for the person that is doing everything right is not feeling their energy coming back, and certainly does not have any other reason to have low energy, like does not have low thyroid function or some other hormone imbalance, does not have a chronic virus or bacterial infection, does not have heavy metals, is not getting exposed to mold. You know, all of those things that we've talked about in the past, if those have all been looked at and it's not an issue and they're still feeling totally depleted, this could be an area to look at to get their life back on into right. a place where they're able to be active and enjoying life again. Right. So you find that it's more applicable to those who are, maybe it's just like natural aging process and that's why. It's definitely that's great it. for like the people that have gone through a natural aging process and it works great for helping to keep their level of energy. To, and by the way, not everybody needs it. Right. Like well, this, and to your point earlier, if you don't need it, then you're not necessarily going to notice an, a huge improvement, right? A person is not going to be looking for this if they feel great. And that's why do all the things that we've talked about in the right. past. Check all this is first. But it, it surprisingly does work pretty well. So anyway. Have you done it? I can't speak about patients' confidentiality. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's good to try things. And, yeah. and of course, admittedly, yeah. I think these are safe enough to try. Yeah. And uh, something changes. Yeah. It's just strange. Hmm. I, sign me up. I what do I have to rule out? I think that I, yeah, maybe I'm just getting old. Oh, <laughs> no please. one wants to hear it. <laughs> um, okay. So there's hope. There's hope for us. I guess the, there's two others that are worth mentioning. Yeah. One is there's a peptide that's used topically mm. for skin. You know, nobody's interested in this part, but of course, Diet and exercise, keep the skin healthy. But there's a peptide that's called GHKCU. It's a copper peptide. And it's being used in topical applications for, it is amazing for any kind of redness on the skin. It's anti-wrinkle. It, it, for some people, it helps with regrowing hair that's falling out. It makes the collagen in the skin plump up. It is my wife's favorite peptide. Really? Like she's like, where could I get more of this? And she uses it in, in topical, <laughs> topical products. Yeah. Is as, it in isolation or is it as part of a of a product? She's basically given up on her other topicals. Okay. It's just puts it on. Interesting. Where did she get it? It's uh, this this one she's getting from the compounding pharmacy Taylor Made. There is there are some over the counter that you can just order through the internet. I cannot remember the name of the main one. The the person that did all the research on GHK. CU uh, has a website that sells high dose copper peptide topically. And the higher the dose, actually, the more benefit that it gives a person. You guys have the best skin I've ever seen, by Obviously. the way. Like I am just amazed. Wow. You but, have a ba- you have amazing skin. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've well, been using the new lotion. Mm, yeah, I actually really like the it. Clark's. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Clark's so. botanical. But anyway, for people that have like redness or blotches or like the pot, those marks, it seems to really make it go away. It heals pock marks? I, I, my wife has had so much benefit from it. And is there, wow. is there like a downside or a risk to overuse? Not topical. Or, no. no. 
So why isn't this being incorporated in every beauty product, cosmetic, lotion? That I don't know. It's not that expensive. It's really not that expensive. The, There's a, the science is just too new? There, the science is not that new. I guess the, the main paper on GHK came out like maybe a couple of years ago that, that basically did outcome studies on patients that were using this and demonstrated in patients and also in the benchmark, like in this in the lab, how it's working for improving connective tissue healing. It's very safe. It's topical. It's a good question. I'm not sure why hmm. labs are not using it. Maybe they don't know about it. So how does that compare to what I feel like the buzziest of the peptide conversation right now, or at least from what I've seen my own observation. How does that compare to collagen peptides? What are collagen peptides? Because like they're everywhere. I think that like Vital Proteins mm-hmm. company alone probably, you know, has like dominated the market on collagen peptides. Yeah. What is it and why does everybody think they need to be taking it well, because Jennifer Aniston uses yeah. it? Collagen peptides are good. I, I like them too and I, I use it as well. The the difference is collagen peptides are basically just collagen. So it's building blocks for our connective tissue. So by taking extra collagen, it does help with digestive tract function and it helps to heal ligaments and connective tissue. So it helps with joints and it helps with skin. It's basically skin, hair, nails, and bones. And the more you take up to a certain amount, it's building blocks so your body can make collagen better. So it's going to help with skin health, bones. But it only is going to work as much as your body has the ability to utilize it. The peptide GHK with collagen peptides, basically collagen peptides are the building blocks. And then the GHK peptide is the signal to make it come in and do what it's supposed to do. So it's almost like it doesn't, it's not going to necessarily do anything unless you have that little like, it's like trigger. If you've got a bus full of collagen peptides that are waiting at the stoplight outside, you need the GHK to turn it from red to green. Okay. And then it goes through and then it actually goes to where That's it's supposed That's a very to. helpful analogy, yeah. metaphor, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. Uh, what about um, just collagen? Uh, because as you were saying, we see it in everything now. I mean, yeah. there's like, in addition to all the supplements and the powders, like everyone has their own line. But in terms of skincare and topical solutions that are including collagen. I mean, that's just kind of a bunch of bull BS, right? To collagen? Well, to put it, it, like to use it topically. Oh, yeah. It doesn't yeah. absorb, right? No. Isn't like the molecule too big or no. something? No, yeah. I don't see how that works. I mean, they used to use hyaluronic acid topically. Yeah. That, that never really got absorbed so well, unless there's a carrying agent, like... I feel like DMSO. every beauty product is like, that's their buzzword. Is- well... That's right. And it's funny because we've been circling around this recently with Tromella mushrooms because we are looking at the medicinal mushroom space. Mm-hmm. And the extract, so that acid is basically in Tromella mushrooms. And we're seeing it come up a lot in skincare products. And it's kind of kind of bullshit, right? I mean, unless you're ingesting you're it. Talking about you're talking hyaluronic acid. Yeah, unless you're actually yeah, consuming topic. it. I agree with you. I, I don't understand how it's going to get absorbed. It is, I agree, it's yeah. too large of a molecule. Yeah. It's even difficult to absorb orally. The collagen peptides are are absorbable orally, but like hyaluronic acid as a oral supplement is not necessarily going to end up in your connective tissue as hyaluronic acid. 
So just by taking it orally, it's not going to automatically make the skin plump up. Mm. So you need an injection for that too, in your opinion? Well, I mean, the people are injecting it. That's what the fillers are. Right, right. Okay. But but the that's where people are using GHK to try to signal the, the collagen to turn on the, the switch okay. to start making collagen properly. Right. Yeah. So collagen peptides and collagen are the same thing, essentially. And you're opinion is that it's not going to work as well if you're using it in isolation as it compared to using it with the little topper. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It works a lot better when it's given a signal on where to go and what to do. I mean, in fact, actually using the collagen peptides and the glutamine with that BPC peptide is really good for healing any kind of digestive issue too. Mm-hmm. So, And with the collagen peptides, I mean, don't you need just, I, I mean, as with everything, right? Like they work in tandem with like so many other, like, don't you need vitamin C also to trigger this? The vi- so vitamin C is one of the nutrients that are necessary in order for the body to make collagen, like along with like silica and mm-hmm. proline, but collagen and collagen basically has most of those building blocks, I guess, except for vitamin C. So uh, if you're taking collagen, that has mostly what you need to make collagen, except for vitamin C. Right. And so if you're taking vitamin C to supplement it, you have to take it together. I mean, I've heard all these different things too about vitamin C. Like liposomal is the only way that you can really absorb it. And if you're taking it to boost something else, you actually have to take it like physically at the same time. It's probably not exactly that way, to tell you the truth. It's uh, I, I don't necessarily get into that type of dogma. So number one, in terms of vitamin C, there's no question that any vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin. It will get absorbed passively into the di- from the digestive tract. Liposomal vitamin C may get absorbed better. I, it's very difficult for me to get on that, that belief system that liposomal is the only way to take. Right. And for w- people who don't know C. what that is, that's kind of, there's one company in particular that's doing it. It's these like packets of like a gel, essentially. It's kind of like a glob. That yep. you swallow all at once, which I mean, I take it every day. Right. <laughs> it's it's a good product. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not the only way to go. Right. Like people have been taking vitamin C since Linus Pauling won the Nobel right. Prize over its benefits for the immune system and everything else. So nobody has lost out from taking regular vitamin C versus the liposomal. Maybe it's absorbed a little bit better. Like some people swear their blood levels go up higher. I've seen blood, I do blood tests on patients and I definitely see their blood levels of vitamin C going up with ascorbic acid, buffered vitamin C, ester C, and liposomal vitamin C. And maybe some people that have digestive issues, they can't absorb so well. So, or their vitamin C might just need to be used in the digestive tract. So it gets stuck there. So maybe in that case, liposomal might be a little bit better. Okay. Could you talk a little bit about some hope for people with arthritis? Osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. Well, the rheumatoid, yeah, arthritis. Basically, once a person gets arthritis, that's degenerative joint disease. So that means that there's been some damage to the cartilage already. Depending on what level of damage, there, there sometimes not a lot that can be done other than controlling the inflammation. But of always, you got to start with the anti-inflammatory meal plan, avoiding the nightshade vegetables like tomatoes, white potato, eggplant, and peppers. And dairy is really bad for the joints as well. Uh, but if, if a person's starting to get this, the BPC is good for connective tissue healing. 
the TA1 peptide is really good for rheumatoid arthritis because it regulates the immune response. BPC is going to answer a lot of (laughs) things for me, I think. Okay, another question. So for the skeptic who says like, ah, this is all bullshit and we can get what we need from eating a good diet. Like, can you actually get these types of peptides from specific foods or in a more natural form or you really do have to seek it out and supplement? Well, the thing about these peptides is they will be broken down into amino acids in the digestive tract, except for BPC. So all of them will be turned into their basic building blocks. So it'll... I don't know of any way for a peptide that's taken orally to get actually absorbed into the digestive tract, at least not that I've heard of yet. You know, maybe that's why traditional Chinese medicine had people used to eat like bear gallbladders or something. I don't, you know, maybe there's some organ that could potentially provide peptides that we didn't recognize that that was what they were getting the benefits from. Right. But I can't, (laughs) it's just too much. Yeah. You'd have to take a lot. You know, I heard about people that used to eat cow hearts to help with their yeah. cardiac function because it's so high in carnitine and CoQ10 or whatever. My husband, um, on a trip to China when he was in college, he ate a snake heart because he, he was, must be so little. He was promised it's tiny. He said it's like edamame. He was promised, you know, they went to this whole ceremony and it was like a snake blood ceremony and they promised virility. You know, I mean, and some of it, what you're saying actually is reflected. It's all about, you know, rejuvenation, right? And the lifeblood. And he was given the choice of killing the snake or eating the heart because he was with a friend. And his friend was like, I'll kill the snake. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty graphic. But anyway, he ate a heart. And well, he looks like Benjamin Button. So there you go. I mean, wow. <laughs> is it from the heart? Oh. The other things he's doing. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, little side note. Anyway, I, I don't know if it's... There's to, uh, truly, it's just an exciting time for, for medicine because I do believe that peptides are offering people a lot of hope when they were not getting benefits in other ways in the past. And I think that that probably should like be a tie-in to like, the last peptide we'll just talk about, which is the one for libido. This, the, so this is a peptide that was actually at, uh, going through FDA approval for female libido. And Wait a minute. Someone cares something to help women? Someone cares about the female libido? (laughs) Go on, I'm listening. This is a peptide called PT-141. It works in the central nervous system. So it helps the brain to enhance how it, I guess it wakes up the libido center of the brain. Why is it specific to women? Well, men and women both benefit from it. Oh, because you know where their libido center is. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it works for men too that have low libido. Uh, so, it, And it's been found to actually help with erectile function in people that were not getting benefits from Viagra or one of the other erectile dysfunction prescription medicines. So in 80% of people that would not benefit from Viagra, they got benefits from this PT-141. Interesting. So, also subcutaneous? And it's subcutaneous. The one side effect of PT-141, which maybe there's two. One is people can sometimes get a headache from it, just like they could with Viagra. And then also, there, some people can get tanning, like a tan. What? It's like a bonus. What are I you know, talking seriously. about? 
You're like I'm, horny and tan at the same time. And the, <laughs> Maybe you're just turned on because you're tan. You're like just rocking this amazing tan. I know. It's it's <laughs> because it Island is, girl. it's derived from a brain hormone called melanotan. There's actually a hormone called melanotan. That actually makes you tan? That makes you melanin. tan. Melanin. Right. It's the trigger. It's the peptide that triggers melanin production. Wow. And in the brain, there's melanocyte stimulating hormones. Okay. But who doesn't want to be tan and have a better sex drive? Like This to me sounds like a miracle. This is a winning combination. But it has to be given by injection. I'll do it. I'll take it. You just up the stage. I'll inject you. I have no problem with needles. I'll inject myself. I'll inject others. <sighs> so this is another one that maybe we don't have access to just yet. Well, no, no, or that one's inva- it's available. Oh, it is available. It's available as a peptide. It's not has not gone through an F. It's not FDA approved. I think that because it was had to be used as an injection, that for some reason it didn't. They didn't finalize their FDA approval process, but it works and it's available as a peptide. Okay, this is fascinating. So who? So people who are interested in pursuing this and learning more and getting access, if they do not have the good fortune of being in New York with access to the Morrison Center or anything even comparable in other cities, I mean, what can, can somebody have a conversation with their like very traditional Western practicing doctor about this or is it just going to be... Well, absolutely. And they should. For, it's, this is, I, I will only say... That unfortunately, doctors that practice in the United States, at least at the primary care level, don't necessarily have a lot of time to research these things. They got they have maybe t- ten minutes if they're lucky, twenty if they are like the most compassionate doctor in a primary care setting to spend with the patient to talk about like these types of op- the options. So, if a person does not is not able to make headway with their primary care doctor, it would be good to, good to go to like maybe their specialist, like maybe. A, gynecologist or urologist, or call up the tailor-made pharmacy and they can give names of doctors that are using peptides in their practices and that they could have a conversation with one of those doctors in their local area. Interesting. Okay. So back into a resource. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a network of, and there's also a a society that educates doctors on peptides called the International Peptide Society. (laughs) Go figure. It's very (laughs) uh, sophisticated. Genius branding. Um, That's very cool. Okay. Well, we'll sure mention all of this in show notes. Yeah. So how do we, um, how do we preserve our own natural supply? Of peptides. Of anything that we're talking about that's preservable. Like our physical body? No, I mean like collagen or, yeah. And what are the things that would sabotage us? How are we depleting our own supply? So this is like the the crux of what this is all about. So while all we've been talking about right now is like how to signal the body to heal itself, definitely prevention is the best option. It takes a lot of discipline because in order for a person to, to be able to maintain they have to do certain things in order to not overuse or abuse because at some point they'll lose it all. It's, it's, the body is a machine in some degree which has the ability to heal itself up to a certain point. So a person definitely go back to the beginning, anti-inflammatory diet, 
the in truly in the in the standard American diet, what's most inflammatory is sugar and dairy. So if a person and wheat, unfortunately, so it's sugar, dairy, wheat in the standard American diet. So, but if you're eating lots of vegetables that are ideally organic, that have all the nutrients in them, that makes a big difference. Exercising regularly is really important because the body needs to get the signal to heal itself. And exercise is basically providing that. And the exercise that's been found to be most effective for preservation is the uh, interval training. Because if when you, Ah. like, if you're just running on a treadmill, your body gets adapted very quickly. And when you're not adapted to the exercise, then your body has to produce its own peptides and growth hormones in order to be able to heal itself and recover. And then meditation and some kind of meditative or, or mental practice is really important to be able to withstand some of the stresses that we go through on a day-to-day basis. So I'm like a big fan of uh, meditation. And my good friend, Dr. Willicks, mm. gave me a great meditative pa- practice, him. which I've started using, and I think it's so good, called Satanama. Okay. And uh, there's plenty of YouTube videos. That's on, just like TM. Is it's it a TM little based? bit different than, than TM because there's a mantra that's said. Mm-hmm. There's a mudra, which is finger positions. Mm-hmm. And then there's a visualization. Okay. It's apparently older than TM practice. Wait, so what are you calling this? Satanama. If you just look up S-A-T-A-N-A-M-A. Yeah. Satanama. There's plenty of YouTube videos on how to do it. Interesting. Now the most, just like with being consistent on the meal plan and being consistent on the exercise, if a person's consistent with the meditation, that helps to manage cortisol levels, stress hormones. And by not having such high stress hormones, which are basically catabolic, breaking us down, it helps us, our body with producing the anabolic hormones, which are the ones that help to build us up. So, and then of course, not too much sunlight, but not none, because we need, just like flowers and plants need sunlight to grow, so do we. Right. We can't totally stay out of sun. Yeah. We need that tan, you know? We need that tan if we want to keep our sex drive up. And then, all connected. <laughs> and then friendships and like all the wonderful things of life. I mean, it's, and then genetics, of course. You just, okay, but you, what can you do about that? Right. Yeah. You guys both were fortunate enough to be, have great genetics. So, listen, I thought that I, I my sister just did 23andMe. I thought I was this whole time half Greek, which I still am. But, and then I thought the other half was English and Irish. Turns out I'm French and German. Really? Quite. Huh. Polyvoo français. So now I'm like, okay, now I guess I know why I'm so pale. <laughs> I thought it was well, like, the English and Irish are equally right, pale. Right. They are equally pale. It's <laughs> true. not more. Anyway, so yeah, this is, it's funny about the exercise. I think it's often overlooked as like the fountain of youth. But I swear, I think this is why my husband has such great, like he looks so young because he exercises. And I yeah, think of Brian too. too, yeah. He's aging in reverse. It's oh, infuriating. It's really upsetting. Wait, but so how often do you meditate a day? Once. Okay. You're like, is that not enough? <laughs> <laughs> Once is good. Once is good. I just upped my practice to twice a day. That's why. And we interviewed somebody who has a meditation system that's actually not dissimilar. Oh. Um, it's mantra and visualization and all that. Um, but she great. is very, very adamant about twice a day. Definitely the more the better. The more the better. Right. But if you can't do twice, then what's better than nuns? Exactly. Wait, you are just a wordsmith with your rhymes. (laughs) Um, It's my afternoon decaf kicking in. 
Awesome. Well, this is just, you know, this is all very difficult information to digest. Yeah. So I think you do it in such a digestible way. I mean, yeah. you have a great, great... Uh, it's all that BPC-157. It's yeah. God, it's We're all going to make a digestion joke. What's that? We're all going to make a digestion joke. But this is helpful. And again, I feel like this is one of those just pen and paper and hit pause episodes so that people can kind of capture... Mm-hmm. super useful information and obviously yeah. we'll put it all in the notes. So the future can... of medicine is here. It is. It really feels like you're on something here. So lead the charge. I will lead meditate until I'm comfortable getting some injections and then I will see you for some drip treatment. Oh, I'm making an appointment. You're going to be, I'm going to be just like yeah. renting out the bathroom. So just going to sleep over. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Dr. You, Dr. M. Thank you Mo. both. See you soon. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.